Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favour and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this After Lodge banter. Welcome to episode 271 of the After Lodge podcast. Pretty Sprinkles. Lodge Harlan. Uh, living the same Groundhog Day week to week that I have been living with uh, worshipless producer Bruce. What's up? I mean, you haven't been living that life with me. No, I, I said what I said. <laughs> the show is with, you, had, you, you were like in the middle of eight phrases right there when you introduced me, Harlan. Yeah, but it's all with worshipless producer Bruce. I mean, that's, that is true. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> we got uh, Sir John is back and uh, still... Breathing, living, and the man hasn't got me down yet. Be careful; they might. Chuck, the king of no pants, also attending a commandery meeting at the same time. Not commandery. Remember, gentlemen, always wear your points out when you have your masonic ring on. (laughs) We're really not. We just crossed the one-minute mark, Chuck. Wow. That is record speed. And uh, our friend from the Canadian Islands is is back back with us. Which I leave, me... of course, the podcast. This is question your judgment, sir. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Pull me once. It's our fault. And after that, it's, it's on you. <laughs> Consider so, yourself fooled. Not how that phrase goes, John. I don't hear any sirens or explosions or screaming in the background. No, no, I'm. I have some uh, fair. I, I have more buffer zone with this particular uh, pack of violence and destruction than we did last year. Um, so, d- does Minnesota just not have competent police officers? I you know, why is it why is it so especially bad there? It, it, the problem is it's it's not it's and I I say this admittedly in my own defense because I was a state licensed peace officer in Minnesota where I went fed um, in Minnesota in order to, so this is the funny part is after 90, 1990 right in that era um, in order to get licensed as a peace officer in Minnesota you had to have a two year degree or more. Or five years of out-of-state experience before you could even apply. And, and apply to get eligibility to get licensed. Not even apply to the departments after that point to maybe get hired. So hmm. we have a pretty sizable host of relatively well-educated police officers in the state. No. Speaking as a taser instructor, somebody is dumb. 
and just I I can't wrap my head around it. I got I my brain hurts. I've so, watched you know, it like three times. Maybe maybe I'm out of line suggesting this. I'm not any kind of peace officer or anything like that. But maybe why don't we make tasers so they're not guns and fire just like guns? Like, can we have a button be on the top or on the side? Can this it not be a pistol grip taser? Well, the way they designed them is, and I, I did my taser certification course back in 2002, so it was still pretty new when I became a, like the, the X26, which is kind of the standard now, was brand new back then. Um, it's still the same exact general shape as a pistol. It is, but they did that to make it stupid proof. Uh, because it didn't work, John. John, John. <laughs> John. cannot idiot proof John. anything. The world always needs a better idiot. They always build a engineering one hundred and one. Yeah, you grab it. It's got a safety on there that's just like the Beretta slash Smith and Wesson. The the toggle safety on there. It's it's made to. They they even from the original the original design, which was like the really big honk and hammer looking design uh, that looked like a really big gun. It had like a rubber button for the trigger, so it was slightly different. Um, the X26 and beyond, they actually put like a trigger that feels more like a firearm trigger in it from the trigger pull perspective, which I'm not going to comment on because as an operator, I enjoyed that a lot better than the rubber button dealing. But here's, here's where things get really wonky, and here's where I'm having such a hell of a hard time understanding this. So, you wear them on other sides of your body? Well, almost every comp, every competent department I've ever heard of, and every department that I have personally written the policy for, for taser use, it's been a few, does not allow for same side carry of the taser. Because for a long time, you would find cops that would have their their sidearm up on their hip, and then on the right hand side in a drop holster on their thigh, they'd put the taser in there. Well, that worked great, but like 15 years ago in my state. They went to drive stun somebody with a taser and shot the guy in the leg instead because the yeah, the grabbed yeah. The I mean, like what's the same? Yeah, but I can't imagine having to draw a a pistol type thing with my bad hand. No, you just reach across your body. So yeah, that's the thing is you you do oh, okay. same, same hand just same hand. Side. So like, and if you watch that that video, you can see from her her. Uh, uh, body-worn camera, from her perspective, her, one of her partners is on her right, and you can see his taser. He's got the banana yellow one. It's on his left hip with the handle facing forward, which means it's a right-hand cross-draw. Yeah. means the department had a offside carry policy like you arguably should have. Because, like, mine's a, anytime I wrote a policy, it was either offside carry on the belt or shoulder carry. So if that's the case, then shoulder that carry makes sense. Cheap. She yeah, should have. She should have known. I mean, obviously, she should have known. But she was a twenty-five year so, It was the opposite. Well, yeah, but taser guns are fairly new. New-ish. I mean, they the the M twenty-six came out in. I want to say ninety-nine, uh, ninety-eight, maybe. So pretty much her whole career. Pretty much do it. So, old Andy Griffith comes to mind for me. In that, that episode with Barney, when he couldn't stop his gun from going off, he just had to keep his bullet in his shirt pocket. Shirt pocket. Like, can we can we get a, a policy like that so I'll feel safe coming to visit you 
And I'm going to suggest what I suggested to Harlan earlier when he told that joke is that we should do it in pairs. One person gets the gun and his partner gets a bullet. Ah, Russian they agree. Right. Anytime they agree, somebody needs to be shot. The guy with the bullet's like, here you go. The guy with the gun loads it up, shoots him. Yeah, listen, the only reason that worked for the Soviets... That is a long-ass time to shoot somebody that needs to get shot, though. It didn't work for the Soviets for other reasons, though, John. It did work for the Soviets. Nazi with that strategy. It did, but for the sheer reason reason was there were more Ivans than there were uh, German bullets. And Russian winter. Russian winter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You're you're, you're kind of killing my humor here with facts, Chuck. That's it's not. Very- <laughs> I'm an engineer. That's what I can do. He's a PhD in buzzkill. <laughs> oh. And that's why I'm drinking vodka. But but because this week has just been better and better, John. I'm when I mentioned that I don't hear any crowds or Molotov cocktails or explosions or whatever. I wasn't actually referring to the riots in your town. I was oh, referring geez. to the re-emerging violence in Northern Ireland, and I assume that you had just like packed up and gone over there. So. Oh yeah, no, that was that was real subtle humor. Like me and everybody else missed it. So. Yeah, I. Yeah, like, no, what, what's I mean, going on over there? You know, if listen, that's what we in the business call a segue, John. Yeah, so here, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this ball and I'm around with it. But here's the major problem with the world, and I will I will sum this up as best as I can. People, no hairless apes. The the British, problem. the British have failed successfully pulling out of anything since the inception of Britain, and I mean that in every applicable sense. Now, mm-hmm. if they would, we wouldn't have the problem that we have in Ulster right now. <laughs> or the entire Middle East, or yeah, oh, yeah there is where else they've yeah. yeah, India, Canada, Canada, yeah, yeah. She's still on the money. <laughs> Means she's your queen. You're British. That, that, yeah. Queens on your they money. You're British. Up, That's how that works. Did you mm-hmm. cry? Did you cry three days ago when the Duke passed? I did not cry. No, did not know the man. If you cry for anyone who lived to be 99 years old and, okay. like, for dying, who was rich, like... Yeah, rich. He lived a pompous life. <laughs> we lived to 99. We died. He died of 99. Oh, was it natural? I don't know. He died. <laughs> he, he was 99. Like, where did he die from? Being 99. At that point, dying from a hard sneeze would be natural. You're, you've you made it. Uh, yeah. And I... Yeah, I, 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 I killed kill him at that age. I don't like if your first question was car accident, then then there'd be a problem. Yeah. Whoa. Too soon. Too soon, Jamie. Oh, is that what you've been dealing with, Harlan? A, some old guy <laughs> to a, a farmer's market? Uh, yeah, I don't like is, the world. Is that a yes? A really fun guy. Uh, that Netflix thing portrayed him as uh, a fun guy. But Harlan, I like to point out that most of the people that are getting really, really, really pissed in Ulster, from what I've seen and what I've read and everything, are actually the Unionists, the pro-British residents of Northern Ireland. They're the ones getting really, really, really pissed. Well, and, and they're the ones rioting and throwing Molotov cocktails. 
I mean, well, to be fair, they're also amateurs. Well, so, I mean, like yeah. reports, there's like kids doing this. Like it's it's a it's a full that, on that's thing. dude. That's an Irish thing. I mean, yeah. So I mean, are, are we going back to the like, '90s? Is is this is this like a is this one kind of flare up, or is this going to be like just the new normal? Is this going to revert back to the troubles? Yeah. Uh, Probably not, because these are the limeys doing it. The uh, the crown's just going to send in their freaking tanks and just curb stomp them. Ooh. No, they'll send in their tanks and they'll hug them because they're unionists. Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't you don't want to unite the Irish. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Martyring the ones on your side's probably not yes. good uh, good strategy. I mean, <laughs> but as John pointed out, the British are really bad at the pullout games, so. And That's the mainland, what's gonna and, happen. and the mainland, uh, the Mullen McGuire's and all those guys don't give a rat's ass about the freaking unionists at no. all. No, Republic of Ireland. That's a different bag of jacks. It's it's it, it's it's the six counties. It's Northern Ireland. That's that's where all the hoo is happening. And uh, yeah, the Republic of Ireland doesn't care about the unionists won't give them the time i mean it's they're just they're up there they're fine you stay up there you stay right up there <laughs> you leave and, alone. and they don't visit there because they're like no i got shit to live for yeah i mean don't get me wrong i have all people appreciate a proper solid riot in northern ireland I mean, <laughs> ah timely barking who let the dogs out oh hi titan no i was there was a missed opportunity there. There's a barking dog. Oh, Jamie, how's the crackhead doing? Well, a little oh bit of news. Uh, meth head, please. Yeah, well, it, the house is now for sale. The guy that owns us trying to sell it. What? But they're still trying, yeah, they're still trying to get into it, though, so they can get some pictures inside for the sale. And um, Fix your rubber. But, but the schizophrenic fault, a <laughs> major fixer upper. But the schizophrenic fault that's living in there is going on. Last time the cops were there to try and help the realtor, he was screaming about how he gave the owner of the house $40,000 out of his account, and it's his house now, and, and stuff like that. And you can't get me out of here. And, you know, three police officers and a realtor. And it's just, you know, it's a shit show. Man, but did I, did I tell you about the you story of the summertime? Did show up? Yeah, I have a. Like, I'm, I'm trying to go through like all the stop motion footage I had to see if I can find anything that happened. Like, because when I was working in the office, I used to put my camera on stop motion and just like let it catch frames. You know what I mean? Like time lapse, right? Yeah. So, um, I did have a time lapse of when they actually raided the house and had to get the power turned back on so they could go in and do a raid in the house and then get the power guys to come take the power back off. And but did I tell you the story about the actual drug dealer in the summertime and his girlfriend and? And outside and locked out of the house. What? No. Okay, so okay, so all summer they were ripping up my road because they were changing the supply water and the drain. Yeah. So of course these guys had fought with the flaggers and everything arguing because they're they're trying to get traffic in and out of their house and most of the time the street's blocked to both ends because you know it's a fourteen foot hole trench dug through the middle of the street, so you can't drive up it. So they've argued with the flaggers and stuff. And one morning he's fighting with his girlfriend. And the girlfriend comes out of the house and gets in the car. And he comes out of the house in his tidy whities excuse my F-words here, and gets in the passenger side of the car and they start arguing in the car. 
Well, she's actually smart enough. She jumps out of the driver's side of the car, runs to the house, and goes up and locks the door. And, of course, he doesn't have keys. He's in his tidy whities So he proceeds to scream and yell at her and, like, kick the door and stand on the stand on the front door in his underwear and yell and proceed. And, of course, the cops were called and all yada, yada, yada. Well, he's kicking the, like, he's kicking the do door. As you do with a guy in his, his freaking underwear banging on the front door in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> drag him, throw him in the car. We've all, we've all been Let's feel for it. To be fair, if he had just smoked meth that's before he went out there, he could probably kick the door in eventually. Yeah, he was hitting it pretty hard, but he wasn't getting it down. I want to go back to the deeper part of the story. When did y'all get running water? <laughs> when did when did they get it, or when did we get it? <laughs> Carlin, where you live, that's a big that's a lot for you to say. In all honesty, in all honesty, nineteen twelve. Because my grandmother lived on PEI when there was no running water anywhere on it as a child, and she was born in nineteen ten. And they, she had they didn't have running water anywhere on PEI until nineteen twelve. Dude, if it wasn't for the railroad, you'd have beat us to it, so yeah, yeah I, I can't. I, I, if you weren't in the city, yeah, you're not far off in most places in the United States. And by the way, in the, in the western, western, westernmost western part of Pennsylvania that Harlan lives in, they've only had one water and electricity for about a month and a half. That's good. They had to spell electricity, so they knew how to the, sign uh, over to the local uh, river town yeah. settlement that I live in has had all of these things for a very long time. Way longer Bullshit. than we had them here. Yes, way longer than we had them here. <laughs> I mean, I, I've used a hand crank pump quite a few days, quite a few days in my own lifetime. So you know, our our particular little settlement was was here before there were Englishmen here. Like it's. It, you didn't crazy. have electricity or running state, water back then. Your state's established by my people. And, and you definitely didn't have electricity because I'm from the land of actual George Westinghouse, and I assure you that we had electricity. The real Western Pennsylvania had electricity before where you are. But, you know, there is proof of people having indoor plumbing and running water in, like, 10,000 B.C., so we're f***ing way behind. <laughs> That's yeah, true. We, yeah, we were. Uh, the Romans had flushing toilets, so, you know. Yeah, like, we took it a long time to get them back again. <laughs> like, what yes, the hell did. happened there? We the had pots we threw out the window. The church happened. Yeah, well, that's it, exactly, isn't it? Like, we knew something, and, and we didn't lose it. Like, it, how did we lose knowing how to do this stuff and then because just knowing lose it for how hundreds to do of years? Stuff got you burnt at the stake. Because some pipe was it magic. Some schmucks burned down the Library of Alexandria, and then everybody forgot how and where to take a shit for the next one thousand years. No, kind of like that was our own stupidity, right? I mean, the, yeah. the rest of the world kind of kept going. So, like the the Arabs still had all of that information. We just burnt it all, and then burnt the people who remembered it. And there was a lot of burning things that happened. Blasphemy. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> Blame that on my people. <laughs> and I don't mean the freaking Irish. <laughs> I was about to say, the Irish? How did they do that? No. Again, no. the Irish couldn't organize enough to do something like that. No, the Anglo-Saxon mental disorder that was the Middle Ages. That's true. Mm. No, the Irish were the first to properly discover civilization. And then we distilled liquor, and then we forgot where we put civilization for a while. Yep. That is a true fact. <laughs> yeah. Family Guy has the best skit about that whatsoever. 
Look, it was funny though because Atlantis was an Irish settlement. <laughs> yeah, I know. A guy wrote a book in like 2004 or five where he said Atlantis was really Ireland. He couldn't figure out why suddenly they were no longer an advanced civilization. I'm sitting there going, "This, this is a bit, right? This, this is a bit." Nope. No, he was serious. He might not be wrong about it. Maybe that's what Atlantis was. But if he can't figure out where it went, between us kicking our own asses, drinking, and the English, yeah. and you can't figure that math out. It was a floating city, and the guy driving it discovered whiskey. <laughs> That's the main part, yes. I mean, it's amazing what whiskey will do to you. Atlantis I mean, crashed it. upon the rocks of the British Isles. Yeah. Crashed on the British off the British Isles. I mean, what whiskey do? Well, whiskey probably helped Harlan get laid at least once. Well, that's worse than the Suez Canal, though, isn't it? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, we're just on the world events train. That's uh, they well, they, 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 they just they, boy, they just get a nine hundred million dollar bill today. I've never seen yeah. the Egyptians get so angry so fast since the uh, the uh, the spring. <laughs> impounded that impounded that boat, like, and all the containers on it. Like well, they, yeah, because now they owe like the Egyptian government like a bazillion dollars for clogging like the most important canal shut in the planet. Yeah, it legit cost them a bill nine billion dollars a day to the world economy. Hmm? Yeah, that's ridiculous amounts of money. That's, like, that's just unfathomable. That's not a whoopsie. That's that's no. just, that's just in shipments of goods, and then you look at like. What the the government of Egypt takes in on taxes and tariffs of that, I mean, because I know I, I know kind of how much uh, Panama brings in on the Panama Canal, and I can only imagine it has to be higher with the Suez Canal. Suez Canal is, I think, twelve percent of the world's economy goes through there. <sighs> yeah, I'd be pissed too. That's so much. That's so much money, depending on one little piece of waterway. It's well, like, it is, but it doesn't really depend on it, though. Yeah. Like, those ships could go around. It's just mm. not a good oh, idea. Awesome. From the Persian Gulf, have you seen the map? <laughs> Hold on. Listen, you're Depends talking where they're going. Going. People were yeah. the, the Suez Canal is there Walking for a reason. Yeah. Was, <clears throat> was there any way, but like, I was, before that was built, was there any way between to get through? Or was it just like a small yeah. little stream, or did they have to build yeah. the whole thing? No, there's that not. My, my brain was still stuck on Panama because John brought it up, and I'm bad at geography, as we've established on the show. No, you have to. I brought it up, but anyway. They, they would have to truck it to the other side of the Mediterranean yeah. and go in that way. Harlan, Harlan wow. different group of brown guys on that canal. So, so the whole southern hemisphere looks the same to me, John. Similar shit. Oh, <laughs> Different people. So yeah, I mean, to 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 go without without the Suez Canal, they would have to truck everything to the Mediterranean and then go all the way across the Med through Gibraltar into the Atlantic, and then and then back, and then go all the way. And by the way, the reason they built the Suez Canal is because going between the tip of Africa and Antarctica. Or the tip of South America and Antarctica. It's a bad it's idea. Horrific. It's a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. There's a re- like. That's bad seas. Yeah, and it's bad seas. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Cape Horn, 
in yeah, is the worst he's yeah. sort of like the polls, uh, from my understanding. Now I say that loosely because you won't see me on a boat. No, the ones yeah. actually near South okay, wait, America. You don't like boats. Worse. You don't like bridges. How are you going to come visit? I'm going to off the drop out of here. You can't America. fly now. So, I'll have to be. The funny part is I don't like boats. I don't like bridges. You're going to have to airdrop me because I'm perfectly comfortable jumping out of a perfectly good aircraft. Yeah, you're an army grunt. What do you expect? Yeah, so there's a there's a a distinct thrill I get hearing a guy from Minneapolis who's afraid to drive over bridges. So yeah, a yeah, but- thousand lakes. <laughs> yeah, but I can't believe I walked into that shit. I, I was I thought it was a setup. I, I almost didn't take it. It was like the the fish seeing the lure, and you're like, I'm pretty sure it's got a hook in it. Ah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Taking a risk anyway. Uh, Sometimes you get rewarded. All right, so Harlan, you've been like holed up in some place, like getting it from like hentai tentacle ways. So what in the hell has been going on in your life that you can't take an hour to come here and drink and bullshit with us? Yeah, we missed you last week. So I've been doing. He's an attorney, and there's a couple of board meetings in purgatory. He had to make it do. Yeah. And like, that's no joke. I've been I've been pulling the all nighters a little too frequently. <clears throat> it's just it's working for the man, or in my case, the men, because you know there's multiples. Uh, well, we always know, do. You like multiple men. Twenty yeah. bucks is twenty bucks, buddy. You just but but if there's four of them, is very well, Chuck. If there's four of them, it's eighty bucks. So no, no, because they they all split it at that point with you. Yeah. Uh, Depends on. You're not high class. Depends on the negotiating that happened beforehand. If you're not, if you're doing all nighters at this point in your life, you suck at negotiating. Yeah, I I can't disagree. Um, or it's just you know trying to make a living in COVID times and. That's coming from an electrical engineer. You do math. Really been a lawyer that long. You settle right the hell down. You gotta do what you gotta do. Your negotiation is done with a calculator. <laughs> he has people for that, John. We call them sales guys. And they're always wrong, and I hate them so much. Yeah, but, you know, they're also the reason that you have customers. They're the ones who make the money. Yeah, like, would you, would you send Chuck to go try to close the deal? Right, no. I, I would buy, the, I, I would buy the, the opposition to whatever Chuck was selling. Oh, well, no. thankfully, I only sell <laughs> one thing. Chuck, oh, we have a job. Our job is to hoop snake people into buying the exact opposite of what you and I are trying to tell them to buy. Well, I only sell one thing. All right, we're going into YouTube. We gotta, we gotta start a channel and start marketing competitor products to whatever we're getting a commission on. This, this is, this is a good idea. You're, gonna, you're, 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 you're gonna compete with with the company I work for. Have fun with that one. So we have to start a side company, which you sell us as a product to other companies pay for us to be sent to their competitors to negotiate on their behalf. John, I thought you hated boats. It's true, but I do like, I, I do like, you know, op for type stuff and, and, you know, adverse psychology and so, dealing with people. So. so this entire podcast is just one big ad for a different podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've been half for like oh yeah, no, actually we for seven we, years, Bruce. Technically seven long years. Actually, hold on, don't we technically <laughs> advertise that we shit on them on a daily basis? Yeah, well I'm sure there's people that listen to this and hear that and then decide, you know, I really don't like these guys, so I bet I'll really like these other guys. And then, and then they go listen to the other guys and realize the other guys are crap and they should have just stayed here. Is that, is that what you're Life's a journey, Jamie. And that's yeah. coming from the it, Canadians. It he has to be polite. It's in their constitution. <laughs> it's in their constitution. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Jamie, you're uh, more likely to like. When did you guys get writing? Writing? Oh, my whole civilization I, map is messed up now. I gotta go. Yesterday, I learned my ABCs yesterday, Harlan. I was so proud of myself. You guys noticed the French one? Harlan, Harlan, you guys noticed yeah. there's no there's no Canada in Civilization, like the game. You can't can't play Canada. Yeah, neither. There's no Ireland. No, because we're, we're, we're why would you want to? We're too diplomatic. We can't get you anywhere. Well, I mean, you know how they you you know how they got the name Canada, right? They put all the passport of the planet, like the look, third best, fourth, arguably. Now look, it, we got rated best place to live recently. I mean, they, come on. They, uh, Edmonton would disagree. I don't want to tell um, your pants. I yeah. But they they look. Here's how they name Canada. They put all the letters in the thing. C A N A D A Canada. Wait, you guys don't know the heritage moments. I forget you're not Canadian. You don't know heritage, heritage moments. Oh my. Wow. That, that, that okay. sounds like a, 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 a TV channel for women. Yeah. No. So, so CBC, which is our local broadcast channel, which we had, you know, for years and years and years when there was only two channels or three channels. A subsidiary of the BBC. Jamie, uh, I don't know. I did, Go ahead. I declare a quasi connection because I can tell the story about Terry Fox. You can see there's one of them. <laughs> so what they did was on on CBC they had Heritage Moments commercials, quote unquote. They were like a two minute long little thing about Canada's history. And of course, the first settlers that came here that talked to the natives, and the natives um, were talking to them, and, and they go, and the native gentleman goes, "Yeah, come on to the village, Canada," and and Canada, and he goes, come with us, Canada, con, and and it, it was for the people. It wasn't for the village, and and it was a whole mix up of the language. And he goes, and the the white guy goes, you know, well, I know the name or I know the word. It's Canada, and nation is its name, you know, or, or, or it's nation, and Canada is its name, which is a whole totally wrong as to what it was. And it, anyway, we've had these things for years and years and years. All these little things about Canadian. You got to go to YouTube and search Canadian heritage moments. You'll find them. They're all on there. You'll. Laugh your ass off with the stupid Canadian history. It will make you you will you will tear up. I get all of my Canadian history from South. Is this along the lines of this hour is twenty two minutes, or is this like? Did they make it like to be? No, these were serious. These weren't supposed. These weren't supposed to be comedic. These were serious. But when you look at them now, you laugh because. Well, well, it's funny because the reason that Constantinople got got called Istanbul was because Istanbul was like the phrase like people say like Where are you going? To the city was like Istanbul, and so like when they conquered, they're like, "We're in Istanbul now." Well, I mean, you know, they might be giants. They just saying, Turks. <laughs> well, that's the same with the Aboriginal language in Australia. Is the white men show, showed up speaking with a local native, and they see what we now call a kangaroo. They're like, "What is that kangaroo?" 
King Earth meant I don't know because they couldn't understand what the white guys were saying because we sound like idiots, especially when we come off a boat after eight months. A boot? So everything I is called a boot. So why is everything called kangaroo? <laughs> yes, kangaroo, 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 kangaroo. No, because the other animals ate them. Yeah, well, once again, only, the only place, the only venomous mammal on the planet. Yeah, it's a, uh, the, the penal colony where even the dirt is trying to kill you. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Miss John, that's uh, why you should hope that you uh, never meet your your fan base suitors. I thought that was for other reasons. I got a bit. Yeah, because really he's not gonna have enough lube. Listen, the, uh, it's populated by Irish. in Australia. The lube will kill you. <laughs> it's just it's just liquid forty grit sandpaper. Mmm, <laughs> gojo orange. <laughs> I. Speaking of sandpaper, and oh, Australians aren't one of them because if they're willing to live on that 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 island, where you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for for it to suddenly turn into a mouth and just go nom 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 nom. I mean, <laughs> well, to be fair, they're not willingly living there. Like it's so far away from everything. Like them getting off of it, yeah, is actually a chore. I've well, been there. It's it's such like a drive away. Here's the thing: the the English put a bunch of Irish and Scot. Prisoners who were pissed off at the crown, they took these angry bastards and shoved them in a boat for 18 months and then shipped them down there to the most inhospitable land on the planet. And then they multiplied. And then again, don't screw those people. <laughs> no, uh, I was actually trying to catch the time uh, this past weekend to catch up on Dan Carlin's World War II on the Eastern Front or Western Front, depending on which side you're on, the Asian Front. And, uh, like, he spent two whole episodes, which for Dan Carlin now, that's like eight hours worth of time, <laughs> talking about talking about the Australians and the, the combat on the islands. And, like, these weren't even their frontline troops. Like, these were, like, the reserves that were left home and then had to go squabble with the Japanese in this awful jungle terrain. And how admirably they held up just and I was like, well, of course they did. Like that sixty year old dude lived for sixty years in Australia. He's yeah. he's a tough he motherfucker. And it he went on about the unsung glory of the Australian non regulars in the Second World War and I mean, how I'll, the Japanese I'll, would I'll have give the tip of the hat because we have like uh, Gareth who lives the, who listens to the show and hopefully we'll have him on, which would be funny if we could have him and Jamie out at the same time because we'll actually have to translate, I think, between the two. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, I think it's eight in the morning there right now. It is, but he listens at work because he'll he'll like like be. I know he's been. I know he's probably listening to us right now and on a conference call for work because he's told me that on several occasions. But like Anzac Legends of uh, Australian New Zealand Army, if you haven't like from a, speaking as a. a, a a citizen of the U.S. and, and northern North America. If you haven't looked into the actions of other our, our uh, allies and stuff in World War II and even up to the modern day, uh, the Australian Army is nothing to be sneezed at. I mean, Anzac—they're—they're they're something else because they come from the world's armpit and they go in other places and they're perfectly fine. With it. 
I'm on vacation and I get to kill things. I mean, seriously, short of like, <laughs> best vacation ever. Gurkhas, you're kind of. I mean, they're they they have no fear. Yeah. Well, I mean, their, it's... their actions in Vietnam were amazing. I mean, even though they got their asses kicked, just like the rest of us. It's a little distinct well, yeah, from yeah, the you're... Canadians rolling down the Normandy beaches on polar bears, but that's yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> Well, I mean, Canada set in the, uh, I think it was the Red Devils was their uh, uh, assault That force. sounds about right. Yeah, I think it was the Red Devils who, I mean, they're not to be screwed with either. I mean, they no, fight. They, they, raise, like, they raise entire, like, regions to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean D-Day, like, the Canadians had that whole beachhead themselves. Like, they were just off here. On their own, like now, you guys, you guys handle the rest. We got this one. Well, to be fair, if you're a freaking Nazi sitting there watching guys rolling up polar bears and moose, yeah. that would, and 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 throwing Canadian geese at you, that would scare the shit out of me. Like these guys have oh, their amphibious oh, polar bears, bears, like rolling up the beach. The amphibious polar bears, just sitting on a polar bear, just shooting Canadian geese at them. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. I don't get paid enough for this. I'm out. <laughs> I'm only here for the barbecue. <laughs> That's Maybe a whole. Maybe I'm moving to Argentina. Yeah. Our <laughs> <laughs> prior Canadian guest, where I impress, I asked the same question since we're talking about uh, military oh, conquests. We have the Canuck on who's further south than I am. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a there's some kind of magic in Canadian foreign policy. John was alluding to it with you know having one of the best passports to have. Yeah. And it's it's this like the United States catches a whole bunch of flack, a lot of it deservedly so because our foreign policy is very boisterous and obnoxious, and it's just kind of how we do things. You catch people in the Middle East who are, you know, like I hate America. I don't know any Americans. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to go suicide bomb them because that jet that blew up my mother and brother had a U.S. flag on it, and that's all I need to know. Yeah. And and so, like, I get where that comes from, except every one of these ill-advised military conflicts that the United States has been in, blowing up brown people for profit, the Canadians are right there, too. Like, yeah, in most of the time we are. Plane, so what's what's the difference? Is it just because the Canadian pilot shouts sorry out the window after the I was just about to say it's because we say sorry. It's because we say sorry when we're done. We'll shoot you and then we say, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't I didn't want to have to do that, but I had to do that. And that, that that's it. We're done. We're playing about it. Let me paint the picture for you from a uh, cultural standpoint. Um I can I can guarantee you now I, I would say more Americans than more Canadians, but we can't use that because there are versus Canadians from a population standpoint, but they were probably angry. Let me paint the picture. There's probably more people that have the American flag made into boxer shorts than there are Canadians that wear the maple leaf wrapped around their dick. So they don't have a flag. We don't have a flag fetish. That's true. Our our flag is not on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's why... that's why a lot of people I know that have traveled abroad when they go places, and especially that works in being Minnesotans, they'll say they're Canadians. Yeah. 
because yeah, but half of our identity like, is we sell like nationalism. We sell like city. Not a fair comparison out here. I mean, the, like the Iranian hostage thing, right? It was the Canadian ambassador that had to go and help sneak those folks out because Canada was still cool in Tehran after mm-hmm. the U.S. embassy was burned. And if it's about the Zionist oppressors exploiting oil or whatever it might have been, Canada was right there doing the same thing. Like, how we're do you guys get the pass on all this? Because, because we said we're sorry. That's, and that's we're, all I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, we said we're sorry. Really? And we meant it, though. That, there's there's the thing, Harlan. You can say sorry all you want, but if you don't friggin' mean it, people know. You know yeah. That's all it is. You gotta feel it in here, man. You gotta remember, feel it Harlan, in here, brother. You're gonna get nowhere. The world, the world watched the Canadian hockey team take on the Soviets with zero f***s. Uh, yeah. Absolutely just walked out there, walked out the sewers there, just punched them right in the face. F*** you, eh? <laughs> you would stepping on our f- nice. See yeah, thank you. <laughs> Take your vodka and go away. <laughs> the Canadian national team gave most. The Soviets refused to come out for the third period. The Soviet Red Army were like, "Nope, this shit. We're going." <laughs> I am not stepping on the ice with them crazy bastards again. It's <laughs> just not doing it. Okay, maybe. <laughs> We we, well, we can I, learn a thing or two from Canadian foreign policy. My heart just bit a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, Canada has one of the four best passports in the world, and I, I, I I'm reading a lot about this because I'm trying to figure out how to get out where I'm at. Um, but I mean, literally, it's so Canadian passport, Norwegian, Malton, uh, Maltese, sorry, uh, and Japanese are probably the four best passports in the world you can get because they're hmm. the countries that everybody likes, and you can just go. Wherever, but yeah. why does everybody like Japan? Well, China everybody but China likes Japan, and everybody, well, but Korea likes Japan, and I don't blame most people no in Japan because yeah, there's a lot of history there, like recent yeah. history, as in people are still alive who remember that history. Yes, most yeah. places. Yeah, so there's a sliding scale. Don't get me wrong, because I mean, I know plenty of plenty of Swedes that don't like Norwegians. But it's still a better passport. Still a better passport. Everyone likes the Japanese because they don't. They can't be imperialists, right? They they they're not allowed. They don't have. They have a defense force. They can't have an international army. They have the only pacifist constitution that I'm aware of in existence. Also, Godzilla versus Kong is absolutely amazing. Godzilla versus Kong. they, They produce good. Good sci-fi things. Business-wise, they just kind of make everything better. They make cars cheaper. They make electronics more efficient. They make shit cheaper. Yeah, but they don't. Uh, No, no, they don't make it cheaper. They just make the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And that's what makes it cheaper. Mass production, Chuck. Mass production. I, I admittedly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big. All right, I'm, a, I'm gonna argue manufacturing with you guys. I'm gonna have to get more liquor. <laughs> yeah, because in so fact, that's not a bad idea. So process engineering is not done with a calculator. You actually have to get out there and do some measurements and stuff. So, but go, go get your. Beer. I I you I I had a black. I I was a six sigma black belt at one point. You f- showed. <laughs> showed. Uh, <sighs> that's a free. Why does your? As wide as you are tall, as wide as you are tall. 
hit. Uh, <laughs> oh, outstanding! Oh, that showed up. Everyone mostly gets along with Japan, but yeah, because really they're as white as they are tall. No, maybe they're not pretty short. Put together. That doesn't make any sense. No, no, I, it doesn't. No. Other than the imperialist policies in World War II of of invading China and, and Korea, it's a little more than just the invasion, John. Well, yeah, okay, that's a little more than an invasion, and they are some merciless bastards when they go to war. I mean, <laughs> that's I, the thing. That's was what a, I was getting at. Like, they can be some cruel, cruel, and, cruel people. And there was I genocide on the level that they're all pent up because they're not allowed to. Well, and, and I see that as a guy who has the Bushido code tattooed on my arm. I mean, I, I have a, a deep seated, weird love for Japan, for historic Japan, current Japan, that kind of thing. You're talking to you're talking about a a the first Eastern nation, and here's a the, some history nerdology for you. Yeah, the the liberator of the Asian people. There was that attitude, right? The... Well, there, there was. But, I mean, so you look back prior to World War II, prior to World War One, Japan not only fought Russia to a standstill for the islands north of Japan between Japan and Russia. They beat them. They beat them hands down. They whooped their ass. They won. But the League of Nations, the predecessor to the United Nations, had declared it kind of a mulligan. Yeah. And the yeah, island these brown people one-upping the white people. Well, that's oh. the, the islands that were contested were given to Russia. Japan still lays... Uh, asserts claim to the islands, and I wish I could remember them, but I, I'm lucky I can remember the four major islands of Japan at this point because of age and bourbon. But bourbon. They, if they fought... Hondo's the, one. Yeah, more so the bourbon. The, Japan had beat... No, Hondo's the main island. Yeah, well, Japan had beat Russia in a naval war for these islands. They won. Um, but again, League of Nations gave it to Russia. So that was the first Eastern power to actually beat a quote-unquote Western nation, without question. So they have, they have an amazing ability when they want to to go to war. Since we decided to nuke them in World War II, slightly smartly, they've had to have a pacifist constitution where it's only they can only have a body. A, a military body that's for national defense. That said, they have followed us to Afghanistan and Iraq in support methods. So, yep, it, well, it's shifty. But the the current generation in Japan like has fully embraced that pacifist constitution. So yeah, anytime yeah, there's a military yeah. support action that that they want to take in support of us or anyone else, like there's like public outrage and. Protest and like we we're, we don't uh, do this. No, they're having a bit of an issue with people who kind of want to like. They're starting to get that nationalistic thing back going on again, where they kind of want to like ignore Nan, you know, Nanking and all that stuff. They yeah, they're well, not really. They don't want to hear it. And um, and that that their their prime minister Shinzo Abe was very much into that. He was very much into the pre. Uh, modern era of Japan where the emperor was actually a divine being and 
to further support the greatness of Japan. So he, he, he has fueled that as many national leaders have in the past 10 years. Well, that's, I mean, that's just a international trend generally though, except for oh. Canada, who's just kind of doing what they've always done. Except for Justin Trudeau and the Irish. I mean, you guys get Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And in other Masonic news of grand jurisdictions behaving badly, South Carolina is in the news again. Oh, is, God. It, is this that Facebook thing that you guys shared without giving me any context? Like, I, I feel like a second. Yeah, no. So this is the same thing. And apparently they had their their jurisprudence committee got together and said, yeah, no, what the grandmaster did was bullshit. And then they threw temper tantrums and said that if you don't actually vote to confirm this, we're going to open ourselves up to lawsuits. And they all stormed out. Oh, no. So, which is hilarious because if they actually took the minutes of that meeting, which they're required to per their bylaws, and it's actually in there, then now they're not opening themselves up to lawsuits, which I think is hilarious. Like, these idiots at the Grand Lodge of South Carolina. It's like... Our brothers in in the Grand Lodge of South Carolina. Yes, our brothers. Noise you just heard for the past two seconds. Please carry on. Oh, by the way, as far as... Goes, you <laughs> right I there. Like to point out, Bruce, Bruce, as the producer of the show, I'd like to point out that I was finally not the guy to throw that particular bomb out first. The opinions of the King of No Pants do not represent the opinions <laughs> of the After Lodge podcast. However, they do represent support his opinion. A lot of people out there are silent, nodding, notwithstanding, because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> No, I, I agree with John. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's – I can't wait for the – net. like, the – like, there's literally, like it, – it, it hit Reddit, like, to this morning, like, all these texts of what was going on. I'm like – and the Grand Line of South Carolina is having temper tantrums over this being leaked. And I'm like, it's 2021, you f- Wits. How, how do they know it's being leaked? They're not allowed to use technology in the Grand Line of South Carolina, apparently. Good lord, it's these shit on the grandmaster of South Carolina and he read the tea leaves. I'm trying to <laughs> John, it's not like the, the lecture that I give to our fellow crafts begins with the words Masonry is a progressive science. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, wait, no, it does start with that. <laughs> Jesus. They must be working uh, a different ritual. They're they're doing that South Carolina ritual. South Carolina ritual. If you want to do put a big dip of uh, red man in your cheek so you can get the proper shirt when you're speaking. That so they so Meanwhile, they, Tennessee has now recognized Prince Hall. Hey, really? Finally. They, they Good for them. They can't there's no visitation, but they have acknowledged that they exist. So that's hey, the first step. Hey. So Western there's something I gotta look up through that phase for for four or five years too. Except in our case it was at the behest of our Prince Hall brethren. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck, because you're at least one drink short than I am. Probably two or three. So far now the only state because it, it it the the scope has been tapering down slowly and no, slowly. It's, it's West Virginia, Mississippi, and Alabama. Alabama. No. And South Carolina. Well, yeah, in South Carolina. 
That's West Virginia is so far the dome. Yep. Yes. So West Virginia I, kills me because the only reason there is a West Virginia is to be well, Yankees. Well, you're from West Virginia. What well, you're from Western Pennsylvania. You knew how West West Virginians are. I'm very familiar with how West Virginians are. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought there was recognition in Al, or at least a loose recognition in Alabama. No, not there are that six. No, because that's recent. Because I no, here it is. No, it's, 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 Ar- it's Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, West Virginia. So Alabama is more progressive than South Carolina. South Carolina. You guys, you guys not remember like a couple years on the show I was on here because I managed to get a member of. Is there still a Grand Lodge of Alabama, though? Like, did they fall off that list because they no, no longer exist? No, I, I will defend the guys from Alabama because I, for some reason, I got on a Facebook group like two, three years ago. I was on a Facebook group with a bunch of guys from Alabama. Um, I remember and, this. Yeah, see, and there was a guy on there. There, somebody had come on who's a Prince Hall and mentioned something, and this dude who was a member of. Alabama Masonry at the time came in and said, and dear listeners, I apologize, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to quote it exactly. And I don't believe don't, YouTube's going to kick us off if you're about to do what I think you're about to do. I'm, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna Be prepared to restart the stream. No, I'm going to drop the word, arguably. But this, this individual who was also a member of the, of the National Guard said, hey, we don't, that's just, and we don't, we don't pay attention to that in Alabama. He said, he said that on Facebook in a public, in a public forum. That was the guy you got charged, right? That guy got suspended. I'm not sure. I think he eventually got expelled, but he got suspended because a particular pissed off Irishman who happens to like our brothers, no matter where they're from. I'm going to call you friggin' skinnies. I direct your attention to episode 86 of the After Lodge podcast. Selma, about some dignitaries from Jamie's jurisdiction who went down to visit Alabama and one of them happened to have the the wrong skin chemistry Mm -hmm. and was turned away as a Grand Lodge dignitary from Canada. We had we had the same problem when we have a grandmaster in Minnesota, uh, John Cook, who's he's the most he's hilarious, great guy. Um, he's a black man, but we elected him, rightfully so, because he's great. But the funny part is the year he was grandmaster was when the grandmasters conference was actually in our favorite state of South Carolina. <laughs> There's no reason to go to that state. No, I I've been. I was. Unless you want to take a dump, I'm not worried. I went to Myrtle Beach once, and I no. agree with Chuck. There's no reason no. to go to that state. I was. I was, <laughs> I was on a military inst- installation. Fair enough, but I was in South Carolina for eight months. There's nothing about that state that you're missing by not visiting. Those delicious brown waters. Yeah, it, and mosquitoes uh, of malaria. And South Carolinians. I will open an umbrella up my pee hole before I go back to South Carolina. (laughs) 
we call that the spider. Goes in, comes out. Yeah. Say hi, and it comes out. So, but uh, John Cook, most worshipful brother John Cook, was our grandmaster. It was, it was the same year. The same year he got elected was the same year the, the North American Council of Grandmasters were meeting in South Carolina, who at the time and apparently still didn't recognize Prince Hall Masonry or or black masons. I don't even think I, I, I gotta. I'll have to fact check myself on this later. But I don't even think we've ever had Prince Hall Masonry here. I think it's always just been interracial, regardless. Yeah, I can't imagine you would have. No, because that's the thing is, and, and as much shit as I give Canada for being subject to the crown, that wasn't a problem. Prince Hall Masonry in, in, in the United States was started by the British Army that was occupying as a way to kind of give the finger to the colonials. So they raised Prince Hall, and Prince Hall went forth to make Prince Hall Masonry as we know it. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have had to because there was a uniform acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The colonials were the ones that kind of... Because the colonials are the people that thought they were so much better than everybody else. That That's why they left The colonials the were the ones who were fighting that all men are created equal regardless of their race, religion, or creed. Yeah, they and didn't treat everybody equally because <laughs> that was exactly not what they believed in. They just what they said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The American mythos is a challenging subject for me because i but you know i've been oh sorry i i I want i like i buy it like i'm I'm into it hook line and sinker i'm all about it and at the same time the analytical part of me knows that it's all a bunch of bullshit and it's Mm -hmm. this weird paradox that i live in but at least you recognize the paradox arlen there's people that just don't that they don't even recognize that it's the bullshit like, in, in lots of places in their lives, you know, you, you got to recognize yeah. the bullshit and cut through Here's it, right? That. Like, I, I think I look at American exceptionalism, I guess the same way, like, uh, uh, well, I could speak to Protestant Christianity, maybe. But, like, in that religious sense yeah. of it's a, it's what we're aspiring to be, not what we are. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it mm-hmm. it's the end state. So, it's not a bad thing on its you own. You mean, like, the whole thing about an Ashler? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of, that I heard kind of that there were a couple of our brothers that were involved in this whole American mythos thing. So there might be some overlap, is is what I'm well, saying. Well, it's almost. Well, I mean, to be fair, people are complicated. I mean, I'm not, yeah. but there. I've been told that people are complicated. I'm pretty easy. Well, yes, people are complicated, uh, especially masses of people. Uh, also, yeah, the masses are more complicated than the individual. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The funny part is, it's 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 a weird law of diminishing returns. The more people you pack into the the group, the lower the IQ seems to somehow drop to. Well, well yeah, it, it gets denser, and so do the people. Well, democracy, <laughs> democracy is a is a mathematical exercise that engineers would refer to as or any mathematician would refer to as finding the lowest common denominator don't you dare so, conflate then everybody has to stay at that denominator which <laughs> yeah. so that that's the achilles heel of any democratic system is you know elections are a process of finding the lowest common denominator which explains why our chief executives keep getting worse and worse one after the other. 
It's kind of like the because we're reducing the, the fraction that is us. Ah, it's man. like how human beings go against the uh, natural laws of selection. If, if I had to put up with, uh, you know, only the fittest survive, I wouldn't have been here a long time ago. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, you, if you're halfway intelligent, you're going to survive. If if you're halfway big, you might survive. If you're small and stupid, you're going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, well, fair, when, I, when I was younger, I was small and fast, and so which is good because I had the mouth I had then, and I'm like, you know, hey man, you may whip my ass, but you're gonna earn it. You're gonna catch me first. You're gonna catch me, you're gonna earn this whooping. Buddy, I was five foot three till I was a junior in high school. But I could sprint like no man alive. And this mouth, genetic. Started to Yeah, I'm this I'm the child of a six foot four, three hundred pound farm boy. So is it an Irish thing? Yes. I uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. the Irish yeah. babies just come out screaming and cursing? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we do. My baby book literally says one of my first five words was shit. So you know what? I'm yeah. a champion. And then the mom's and they can taunt like a kinder. I can assure you, my six year old son talks trash like you wouldn't believe. Yep. And I didn't teach him that and uh he was doing that before I was divorced, so I know his my, my ex-wife's dipshit hunt boyfriend isn't teaching him. He would just come out and just be like, you're stupid. Bruce, prior to uh, John coming on the show, I thought Jason was an anomaly. No. Nope. <laughs> He's an anomaly because he lives in I did not. He's not marginally inbred. I... He's kind of a <laughs> He lives in the mountains of western Pennsylvania. I mean, he's all the other in several ways, but I, I, I've been to the. I've met the, the embodiment of Copperhead Road. Road. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. It's that Irish heritage, but I, I just. I, I guess think, he's the only one I knew. So. No, I I, I think he's more of a uh, outlier of like celestial probability. I think you know. <laughs> he's, but apparently the man can build the hell out of a pinball machine. I guess. I, <laughs> it's a man of many talents. Also uh, also newly rich, so there's that. Uh, if you guys didn't see the Dogecoin stuff today. Um, Dogecoin? Holy shit, have you still, do you still have the Dogecoin? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you've been listening long enough, Jamie. You probably remember when we were joking about it on the show. Jason, I almost found a way to donate it to you one time just to get a joke out of it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Jason bought like forty dollars. He's forgotten where it is. Like it went up thirty four percent. Like, like, look, unless he invested tens of thousands of dollars in it, he didn't make. He's not a million. No, so he he bought like forty dollars worth of it back in two thousand fourteen. What's it up like three thousand percent since then? How recently? It's it's up a lot. So that 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 doesn't make him a millionaire, Harlan. I'm just saying that. Well, that's assuming he hasn't bought more. Jason also has a tendency to double down on bad ideas. Well, there were a bunch of people from, who were listeners of like this, this show podcast. sent him Dogecoin just like as a joke. Exactly. Yeah, we got a bunch of it, but it didn't exist by the time I found out about it. Well, at least I didn't know. I couldn't figure it out. I want to point out real quick, Chuck, $3,000. If you if you drop $3,000 in it and a 40% yield, just straight math, that's 120000 that's a house in some parts of the United States. That's he said millionaire. 
He said millionaire. I said rich. He said rich. I said rich. And in America, in American politics, rich people is just anybody who has more money than I do. And that's how we dance on the puppet strings of the Democrat Party. No, uh, in American politics, everybody's rich compared uh, to me. Then, <laughs> in American politics, rich is anybody that doesn't have to depend or doesn't receive the forced government subsidies that go out. Well, I, I was just oh. like in everyday parlance, everybody seems to look at whoever has more money than me as the rich people who need to be punished for being evil and rich. Um, I've learned this of late when I get referred to as being rich, and then I think... Scratch your head. What? <laughs> but uh, it, that's how it works. And you even see it in, in Bernie Sanders. You notice he was always going around screaming about the millionaires and the billionaires until he became a millionaire, and then everything became the billionaires. The billionaires. <laughs> the billionaires. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, Bernie was keeping to do that until like one of his aides pointed out Hey, you know you you're a f- idiot and own like five houses and your your take homes six digits every year. The problem Hot is the because to be fair, Bernie Sanders is kind of a f- moron because uh, listen, I, I, never I, had a real job in his entire life and is a millionaire. Yeah, no, I appreciate his effort, <laughs> but he's not a millionaire. Listen, like he's not. Uh, no mind. I'm my brain's still hurting from yep. the whole shooting things going off here. So, wait, you just go on with that one. The PD didn't get you too, did they? No, I'm a, I'm a little more hard to kill. John, John's the poor guy. They were trying to shoot and tased instead. Yes, he's still dazed. I have a lot of Kevlar line shit. So I mean, well, yeah. Speaking there. of that, like you know, one of my headlights is out, and I'm like, well, I probably should get there replaced before I, you know. And then go for a drive at night and forget. Yeah. And don't yeah, leave yeah. it home. Chuck, yeah. I advise against it. Apparently, expired tags will get you killed. Not having your, your headlights on is is a uh, is the number one indicator for a DUI stop. So, well, I, no, I have one headlight that works. I, I, can I have one headlight that works. One just burned out. Yeah, so but wait. don't your cars automatically turn the headlights on? Well, the new no, one. I have a Corolla. Yeah. They can. And like my car, is my your Corolla was... before the year 2010? Probably. Hell, is your Corolla before the year 2001? No, I still have to do the click, 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 because it's a Corolla. Really? I mean, I haven't owned a car that's Canadian spec because, of course, we have to have daytime running lights too, right? We're, we're required to have daytime running lights in our cars. I have those, I have, no, I have those in my car. Right. But I have to yeah, actually you guys lights. also have to have moose racks. so <laughs> and, and moose catchers. Yeah. Was catchers, yeah, yeah. Well, Whatever, you know. In Canada, my bad. But like, so I, I just, but I haven't owned a car. Like the, the, the oldest car that I had that didn't have automatic lights was 1995. Anything past that, like I've had 2000s, 2001s, they all had automatic lights. I well, never turned that shit on. Jamie, the funny part is, like, my my beloved car is a 2008 Honda Element, which is a rolling shoebox. Um, mm-hmm. Big square basket. No, but it, it doesn't have automatic lights in it. It has automatic everything else. But I have to like, manually turn the lights on. Well, but, even here, like the automatic lights on most cars, like mine, is relatively new. I've got a 2017, and it's a... You still have to select automatic, so like you could turn your lights off during the day. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, I suppose ours ours do have the automatic or on selection, but I, I, I like I haven't had a car here that doesn't have it. I was just wondering if it's part of our regulations, kind of like the daytime running lights. Well, ours probably come that way. That's why your money's worth less. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck> you, <laughs> you dirty, rotten, gouging bastard. <laughs> I've seen what he can buy through the mail, though. We lose. That's true. I, I, I have flashbacks to elementary school, like when the book fair would be in town, and I, I would go nerd out about which book I was going to spend the few dollars I had on. Yeah. And it was always fun to like see the different prices. So there was always the you know the U.S. price, the and Canadian, Canadian price. I was like, why is the Canadian price always more expensive? In, in Jamie's defense, admittedly, from what I've seen, what he can get in the mail... Yeah, I'll take that first and have to reach over and just go and turn my headlights on. I'm, yeah. that, that's a fair trade. And you guys also have a lot of that nonsense stuff, like you know, living wages and more fairly yeah, distributed so tax codes and some other things. We're taxed, though. We're, we are taxed, but I mean, we tax heavily, but it's distributed at the correct level. Canadians are less likely to have this circumstance where somebody like Mitt Romney pays less in taxes than his secretary. That's right. We are. You're very, that's very true. That's the thing that burns me. Like I'd feel a lot better about giving more than half of my money to the government. If the rich people known as people who have more money than me also had to give more than half of their money to the government. I thought libertarians yeah, more... believe in taxes. I don't, but if you're going to have it, Everyone should have it. So, so wait now. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not about not having it. Is it about equality with libertarian, or is it not having no, it at all? I mean, so libertarians are two libertarians. You're going to have three opinions. That's a whole. Okay. But okay. the general premise that most you'll find uniting most of us is that direct taxation is bad. It's reprehensible to begin with. So taxes on labor is is immoral. And it was unconstitutional until we amended the Constitution in an illegal process that didn't have enough votes, and we kind of covered it all up to allow taxing on the that? that was our seventeenth uh, amendment or sixteenth amendment was a constitutional amendment that allowed income taxation at the federal level because okay. taxing labor is like the idea of if you're going to have a national tax, you you scrape you scrape the 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 foam off the top of the beer. You don't suck the beer out of the bottom of the glass, which is what you're doing tax when you tax labor. labor. Mm-hmm. Right? So you tax trade, you tax products, you tax sales, mm-hmm. like the, the stuff off the top, not I'm going to go work to make money to buy food and then i got to pay the government. And then get ta- you get taxed on the money when you make it and then you get taxed on the food when you buy it. Yeah. yeah. By the time it's all said and done, we, like I lose 15% in taxes on everything I buy, let alone the 30% I've already lost on my income. So, you know, you're right. You're 45% of your income. I did an exercise one year. Now, granted, it was before I was married. I have a somewhat more favorable tax treatment with a wife and kids. But I was a single dude, and I did this year-long experiment because I'm one of those weirdos that tracks my budget and software, Mm -hmm. and so my debit card feeds into it. So I had all this info, and I decided I was going to track the taxes for, like, the whole year. So not just the income tax that came out of my paycheck – or the state tax that came out of my paycheck. But every time I bought gas, like I, I knew how much the taxes were on that. So I put that in there. You know, every time I paid sales tax, when I had to renew my car registration, uh, when I had to 
pay taxes on my house. Like, like just every place I was paying money to the government, I totaled up over that year. And at the end of the year, it was a little shy of 60% of my income was going to the government in some fashion or another. And then I decided never to do that experiment again because this is where terrorists come from. <laughs> so, it's what makes you hate your government to make you hate your country. Yeah. Well, especially then yeah, when you turn on the evening news and hear Bernie Sanders wag his finger about how I don't pay my fair share. And you're like, what yeah. the hell, man? <laughs> like, what you the know hell? that dirty bastard's not. Listen, I'll be the first person. I'm not the first person, but I'll be the person to go on record to say it. The heaviest thing Bernie Sanders has ever looked in his life is a dildo because anybody he he screams about fair income fair work he's not worked he's been a career elected official he has multiple houses in multiple states that guy i i mean and all that's become from his life what's that all that comes from being a career politician not from being an entrepreneur right? right is that is that no, like, yeah, he didn't. So, and, and if you look at his history before he was what forty when he finally got elected to something, like, he never had a job. He lived with friends and like bummed cars and whatever because he was just he was broke. So he's like, a straight yeah. up coach. Yeah, and he was a nobody in Congress, in, in the Senate, in t- or Congress or the Senate until like he decided to run against Hillary. Like, no one had ever heard of him. Like, okay, so there's positives and like negatives Donald to that, Trump, guys. He had the fortune of not being Hillary Clinton. That's exactly what I was about to say. When you think about it, though, in some ways, isn't that a proof that your electoral system in some ways works, that a guy that has nothing can still make it into a position to help the country if he was willing to do so? Like, isn't, uh, isn't that kind of a speaking good for the, for, the, for the system in a way? So if you want to frame it like that. You mean maybe, if we didn't, if we didn't I, allow the one to be son of a bitch? Yeah. I look at it as a net negative that we have a system where just not being the most hated person on earth makes you eligible to be the president of the United States. Because that's yeah. that, that's how we got Trump. Like Trump was the president because he wasn't Hillary Clinton. That's how we got Trudeau because he wasn't Harper. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> people know who he is because he's not Hillary Clinton. Like that mm-hmm. everything that happened in 2016 was just about how much everyone hates Hillary Clinton. Okay. Um, and by the way, that's yeah. everyone. That's the right, the left, the middle, up yeah. and down, the white, the black, the purple. That's what united us as Americans in 2016. The hate <laughs> of Hillary Clinton. This case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 100%. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, God, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's the 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 failing of of the two-party system that we've created is... You don't have to build coalitions. All you have to do is not be that guy. And we had a two-party system for a lot of years. We're finally getting past that in the last five or six years, really. We've, we've we've seen the Americans have only had like two party, like two, like we've had. This is like the the early 1900s. Like we used to have like four or five guys get electoral votes. If you look at the history books, like mm-hmm. this is more of a newer thing. Well, yeah, in the last 10, 15 years for you guys, really, right? Really still just been the two, though. No, the, no, no. We had the two, but... The two have swapped. Well, the Democrats are still there, but the, the Whigs were replaced by the Republicans, and, like, there's been a couple turnovers, but... Right, but the thing it's is... It's always like, really just been two, and then some other guys. But you've had guys, like, actually, like, you know, when you look, would look at the electoral vote, like, breakdown, you're like, 
Wait, we had five guys get actual like real quantities of votes. Yeah, but that's that's still happening now. The Libertarians got an electoral vote. Uh, you got a electoral. You you didn't win entire states. With like the you had no, guys not federal still, level. Yeah, at the federal level, you used to have guys win entire states. Well, yeah, but the other part of that back then was you didn't have the electoral college beholden to the popular vote, and so it was much easier for a guy. I'm talking pre just pre depression. That's when it all st- that that's when this whole like the yeah. two party thing got entrenched. Like so, right. and and prior even right before the Great Depression, there were still plenty of states where the electoral college delegation was appointed by the legislature and they could vote however they wanted. Yeah, that was which makes which makes, makes it no very sense. easy. Well, not easy, but much easier than it is now for a third party individual to get some electoral votes. Because you just gotta sell these twelve people, not not the entire millions of people on Country. Twitter. Or God help now you Twitter. before that, getting getting airtime on on the major Radio. media networks. Like so it's easier now, I guess, than it was for those guys. Cause if CBS didn't want anybody to know who you were, no one was Nobody gonna know who you were. No, you're screwed. Uh, but the flip side of that. Right. You could go to a true multi-party system where nobody's got a majority and it has to be coalition building. That can devolve too, and you end up like Israel that's about to have its fourth election in two years. In two years, yeah. Because, <laughs> because they can't form a government because there is solid. no party with a solid majority. Yeah. Yeah, they can't get anything they can't get enough done. Yeah. In a- yeah. And I, I think the, the British have succumbed to that. Not as bad as the Israelis are now, but it's happened a few times where it's just they, they've got to start over because there's, there is no majority. So it's, it's almost like Republican systems require a two-party thing to work. So if the conservatives or the labor party in the UK doesn't have, doesn't have the votes, then, well, that kind of falls apart too. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I just know this isn't the right one. I know what the answer is. You make me in charge, and I put everyone on pikes and set them on fire. Let's do that. So Chuck um, believes in dictatorship and death. <laughs> All right. We could, take, uh, we could take our Canadian brothers approach and just kind of well, go back I to the am, queen uh, and say we're sorry and take us back. <laughs> I can put a stake through my heart, and it's not going to do anything because I don't have a heart. It's to be about being a vampire. Hmm. Of course, I don't know that I even like that idea, Jamie. There's a because you know the queen's not going to be around forever, and looking That's at right. the rest of that family. Are you sure about that? I like, don't want to be. I don't want to be connected to any of those sure crazy albums. Her like, mom lived to be twenty. Well, that's still not forever, though. So I was like, you know, like being a Commonwealth country might not be. It's smooth sailing right now, but what happens when one of the heirs takes over? But I they assume she's getting the baby stem cells. You know, they she's getting like, those baby stem cells. She'll still be around for another hundred years or so. You do realize that people have to give a shit what England says, right? Like, that's the point. We don't have to. We just do because we're, you know, apologetically polite. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you Sorry, know, we you're going to, like, bitch on hockey and then they're dead. Sorry, Sorry, we Sorry we rebelled. Yeah. We're going to let you uh, appoint the people that we elect and we'll put your face on our money. 
that good? And will give you a position in Congress or, well, you know, in the governing body that you can, you know, that person that represents you can veto almost anything they want to veto, and it just won't happen. <laughs> That's how all the other Commonwealth things work, though. Because isn't it – I thought, and I might have this wrong, I think this came up with our last Canadian, too. My understanding was that the Canadian election, at least federally, just informs the Queen – who the Canadian people wish appointed to these various roles, but it's actually still the monarch that's waving her monarch stick to say her representative. Yeah, her representative eventually can still say no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, like, and then you guys can tell them, "Hey, go f yourselves." Hey, America, we can. We in, your in, well, no, in theory, we could still say "go f yourself," but she couldn't say. You, you know, there, there are ways. There's, there's stuff in place, but. We're still an independent country. Go f yourself, Queenie. We we don't like your yeah, idea. I, I mean, again, Australia, they'll just throw the person out Australia because that person's elected. That too, and maybe they are. But but see, that person that represents the Queen is not put there by the Queen. They're still put there by people here that that right. put that. You know what I mean? That appoint well, that my, person. So they are put there by the person. Queen, but she just appoints whoever the Canadian subjects elect. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We decide. Yeah, she just put, you know, it's, she it's waves like the a magic queen stick and says you're. You can, yeah, essentially. Yeah, but the thing is, she could go. Well, I'm not going to do that, and Canada could be like, "Well, we got moose and bears and geese, so go f yourself." Yeah, we're just going to well, go full of polar bears. I think there's a lot more loyalists floating around in Canada than you think. Um, I made no, the mistake. No. I made the mistake of insulting the queen at a gathering where there were Canadians, and it ended poorly for me so we're um, still hung up on the royal uh, there's, there's a lot of us that are still hung up on the royals i mean that that's like there's people like, hung up on the royals in the united states and we fought a two wars to not have to care about them there's that yes the media coverage being blacked out to cover the prince's death all over the united states and then you're wait what are you was it really <laughs> yes yeah. we fought it was two not wars. here Two wars. It was not. Two we didn't even give. We didn't. Even, so so. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. She's on our money, and we gave less shits about his death than you guys did. Yeah, it, yeah. our media is. I mean, we're exaggerating a little bit. Anybody who's rich and famous gets the obsession of our media. Like that's why Paris it's Hilton is the rich a and famous name. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, more about it's more about the rich and famous than anything else. We, we lost the nobility, so we replaced it with our own entertainment version. Because I guess really throughout history, that's kind of what the nobility's always been, is something for the lay people to gossip about. Exactly. There are people who in the United States who are obsessed, not with royalty, but the British royal family. And I'm like, when you meet people, like, you do realize, like, we fought two wars again. Well, I think it would be good if we had a king or a queen. I'm like... That Netflix thing... The, Don't the, you take that down. Look, look at this shit. Look, look, oh, look. Just stop it. <laughs> is that a is that a chipmunk? What what is that? <laughs> oh my god, it's a flying squirrel. It's rabbit. It's you. This is, this is That's my a giant cat. It's what happened with just having a Wolverine turkey. Are you gonna attack me? Back back to our point. Me? The Canadian keeps a lynx as a pet. <laughs> I want one. Oh my god, I want one. You don't know how bad I want one. What? Not a something lynx? I can fight with. Or no, no, a lynx. 
No, no links. They're, they're, they can actually make a pretty good pet if you get them from small. Yes, they have their wild tendencies. Yes, occasionally you'll have to wear gloves to play with similar them. Similar to a wild cat, though. All right, and we got to go do. now because Jamie needs to go feed his polar bear. It's a sound that nobody wants to hear. Meanwhile, no, I, I have a bobcat in my woods. And a I have two skunks and polar bears. Oof. Yeah, the bobcats were. Uh, we talked about that in the pre show, didn't we? I don't know if we did that on the air. It's been so long now. Um, yeah, my, yeah, it was before. My love of camping and uh, we were talking about you, in pre-show. Yeah. The, the, like you're you're out you're out on the trail and yeah. you're enjoying. Like I, I sleep like a baby to the sound of the cicadas and the coyotes going at it, the wolves howling in the distance. Like just all the noise uh, of camping. And sleep then, like a baby. <laughs> when that damn bobcat takes off, like something stepped on its testicles. <laughs> and you just shoot straight up out of the tent. Like, what is that? What the f every time. Dude, every time. Bob like it's it's I like a bobcat over the f uh coyotes right now. The coyotes are out in force. Oh, I so hate hey, it wait, here here's sometimes. the thing. Remember the first time I was on the show I said we have coyotes. oh sorry. Go ahead, Carolyn. Oh, no, that's the uh, first time I was on the show I said we have coyotes here. And and we have wolves. Well, we don't have wolves. We actually have a hybrid of coyotes and wolves. It's not quite as big as a wolf. It's not so, tiny like a. It's it's an actual hybrid. That that's. How did that it, happen? It, that's my nightmare. No, like, like mechanically, like with really? physics, how did that happen? They're canines. What happens? Any part? Uh, okay. Well, when the daddy. Know, do, we, do I need to demonstrate? Oh, One dog, another dog. Very dog. Yeah, this. But, that's like, it's like somebody. Somebody crossbred a basset hound or a, a, a English bulldog and a and a Dotson. Like the thing of it is, there was no somebody involved. The buggers did it in their own in the woods. But, but oh my uh, god, just like my freshman year. Harlan, <laughs> my neighbor John had a much much half, larger partner. I have a neighbor that has a dog that's half uh, uh, Dachshund and half Golden Retriever. That can happen. A human. Listen, you, I, I've answered your question. Carry on. Half dots and half golden retriever. And that reminds you of my dog. dog. That's, uh, I, hope, I hope the male was the dachshund. That's all I'm going to say. If this reminds John of his high school experiences, I'm just thinking of, were you the dotson in that pairing there, buddy? <laughs> the winner dog. I'm Irish. We go through, like, you know, volume, not not... You know, effect. So I mean, I... quality, not quantity. Is that your? Yeah, I mean, make you know, for yourself, John. I mean, we reach that point yourself. where we we fully devolved. Uh... Winners, really. Don't blame me. We just call you an ambulance. Do you have ambulances <laughs> in Canada? What are you doing? I just put whiskey up my nose. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jamie, how was your weekend excursion you had? Wait, what was my weekend excursion? Wait, where did I go? From your mail-order shenanigans. From your mail oh, we didn't do it yet. We didn't do it yet. Oh, okay. Oh, my God, I'm tearing up here. Holy shit. <laughs> Whiskey out the nose, man. It burns. Oh. <laughs> so I, I don't think Carlin knows what we're talking about. But... Canada's got to go hardcore on everything. See, here uh, in you have no idea. idea. I can show them what we're talking about. It's not a big deal. It's a, it's a it's a legal package of something. So it's legal 
where you're at, you son of a bitch. Yes, yes, it is. Hold on, let me walk into my kitchen. uh, Canadian road trip. What we're talking about, Harlan, is... (laughs) Well, I I would do it in the show. What we're talking about is this stuff here. So this is... uh, uh, psychocybin, you know, you know what that is. Yep. So, yep. so if I read, it's gummies, and they are cherry cola flavored. So you know, there's no eating that stinky yucky mushrooms, which I've done a few times in my day. But you just chew a gummy that tastes like cherry cola and enjoy the ride. Actually, you got to take six of them. Six of them guarantees a uh, psycho. Has to say here. Um, Consume touching himself. six gummies added. Uh, yeah, for a psychedelic magic mushroom trip, consume six gummies. There's ten gummies in each package. One for my wife, one for me. I'm taking all ten at once. <laughs> See how it goes. Oh my god! You still have your field well, camera. It says, right? it says take six and then uh, additively take three gummies every ninety minutes until desired effect is achieved. So I can eat all ten and I know it's not going to be a problem. So, I mean, do you still have a game camera out there? Is it still motion activated? Are you gonna? <laughs> oh no, I'm just going. We're, we're, we have a we have a, a friend of mine who's going to be our you know lookout in the sense of making sure we don't hurt ourselves, and we're just going to the woods somewhere. Can y'all do it on a show night so you can check in for like maybe an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time to break into the meth house. Well, every night is a, well. Well, see the guy that we have. The guy that we have doing our thing. Something we want to tell stories about, like two years later, like, hey, remember that time we didn't like broadcast the show that Jamie was like on Xanadu? Hmm. He's a Scientologist now. I'm a Scientologist now. Oh my God, no. Those crazy bastards. No, no, no. Wait, I can't say anything like that on the air. I didn't say it. No, Scientologists, you're wonderful, wonderful people. You don't need to come visit me and kill my pets. Hey, what happened to our YouTube feed? It just cut off suddenly. <laughs> Listen, if there's Scientologists listening to the show, don't pick on the Canadians. Okay, because your religion is created by a failed science fiction writer. Not a oh, because I remember showing. Man, they're out in your neck of the woods, John. Glass houses, throwing stones. Let's. <laughs> yeah, watch yourself. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But, you know. George Washington, sit down. You know, he was a Mason. Yeah, apparently. I mean, All right, thanks for happening, listening to episode 271. <laughs> Of the afternoon oh, podcast, uh, yeah. hey, If I do it while Chuck's gone, then he can't. He can't do his thing. No, he'll, well, but then I have to do it by proxy because it's like this thing I owe him because oh, I here he comes, James, and damn it, right. damn it, Harlan, you didn't do it fast enough. Chuck, Chuck, swear words now. I've never heard before, Bruce. <laughs> Carolyn, you didn't. <laughs> That's Let's what she said. That's not what she said. <laughs> I'm more of a talking about it. I'm doing, and as you should know, as a good Christian organization like Masonry, you're wrong. I was waiting for Harold to look at me like that. (laughs) So I attended a class last night. I'm sure you've heard that in your jurisdiction. I have, and I attended uh, this Christian nation and this Christian craft, etc. And I attended. A class last night um, that I've been doing with the wife. It's a thing through the synagogue. Anyway, 
what was being reviewed for part of last night was the original draft of the seal official seal for the United States, uh, which of course, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin and John Adams were on the committee. They designed the, uh, it was Pharaoh and his chariots and his host being washed down by the red sea with Moses on the horizon. And it said, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God around the edges. You guys have seen that <laughs> draft before, right? I've seen the flag a lot, a lot around recently. Well, no, that was the, the first draft for national seal. Congress of course, objected, rejected it in favor of the Eagle because it was that there was that discourse at the time about whether we wanted to be the new Rome or the new Jerusalem. And there was a bunch of butting of heads of the politicians at the time, but those men, with the exception of Adams, because he's Adams and whatever. A lot of those guys, they were not Christians in any traditional sense of that word. The Jeffersonian Bible, the whole premise of that document to de-Christianize the New Testament. And George Washington and his refusal to go back to church because he always left before communion time. And then the pastor called him out on it because, you know, you're a public official, George, and people are taking notice that you always leave before communion. And George said, I'm sorry, it won't be an issue anymore. And never went back to church. You guys have heard that story. <laughs> yep. Smart. No, I have not. I have not. I want to hear this. Yeah. Like, I, so listeners may not have heard it. And then Ben Franklin being Ben Franklin, I don't think that needs any more explanation. <laughs> you could go down the list of founding fathers. Nowhere in there was this Christian nation thing. That that's a that's a modern fundamentalist, very by Jerry Falwell and company thing. Yeah. Even in the nineteenth century, nobody thought that. No one said those words. Jefferson was a century phenomena. Jefferson, one of the powerhouses behind our constitution in the United States, was a deist. Now, very much so. Let me let me. He was not a powerhouse for our Constitution because he he hated the Constitution. That's true too. But let me summarize this for people below the Mason Dixon line that have not ever heard of deism outside of the terms, well, uh, I don't know, Baptist. It does not go God, Jesus, uh, Billy Graham. (laughs) It does not. The, The principle of deism is God created the earth. And then went Fucked on to the project. The clockmaker god theorem. That yeah, uh, it's it's. If you want to learn about deism, read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, the, yeah. Because the, the main line in there is well, like in the beginning, God, God created the universe, and everybody thought that was a bad idea. That was, that's like the introduction to the whole book series. That's what deism is. God created everything and then, like, decided to... Left it to his own devices. He decided like, to No, he took to... a nap because it was really hard. Like, he created a universe in seven days. He's like... Like, six million years later, he's just like... Well, the he needs a power the nap. Theory is the, the scientist theory of, I'm going to create this thing and then watch it go. Mm-hmm. Which is what the founding fathers, most of them, a lot of them, especially Jefferson... Sign on to yeah, uh, the issue so, of the clockmaker theory is that God interacts very, very rarely. Only when things start going really f- awful, like the clockmaker who doesn't interfere with the gears until daylight savings time. Yeah. Oh. F- 
Daylight savings time. Or as I call it, the exit. <laughs> yes, why do you bring is. things like that up? Why? Why do you bring why? things like that up? Why? Why? Uh, because why? you touch yourself. Yeah, daylight savings time came twice in the in the uh, whatever a year is to God, however many millennia, right? So there's like there's the flood, the exodus, like every now and again, like something happens. So you're telling me, out of all the other billions of planets that possibly have life that God created, which really they do have life, let's face it, yeah. ours is the only time zone that he really cares about, and our daylight savings time is the only daylight savings time he cares about in the billions of other worlds that he's no, created. No, no, no. Yeah. So divine yeah. light savings time. Know why? Because America cares about it and so should everybody else in the universe. You. <laughs> divine light savings time is different for every planet. So, oh, so so he's got a billion saving daylight savings yes. times. That guy's confused as shit. That's a, you should, that's a we lot should of get to the places that are in the binary star system. That gets really screwy. <laughs> yeah, you probably remember quite a few. <laughs> and this they is why like we can't three have times, nice three times a year. <laughs> Supernovas happen because God forgot to set the clock back. <laughs> they happen a million years too early. Four, no three. <laughs> wait, wait, that's me. Oh Jesus! Wow, that's oh, almost as blasphemous as the Family Guy creation story. <laughs> wow, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. That's a big hit of my church. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I like to think that that the phrase in the image of God means you know having a sense of humor because he must as well. So, hey, he created platypuses. I mean, come on, guys. Listen, well, I'm going to shave some of these monkeys <laughs> and teach them how to write. I want to point out. Speaking of a god with a sense of humor, I want to point out to our general listeners who didn't go there, and I'm not trying to self toot, but I want to point out. I was on a recorded podcast for an hour and didn't swear. I didn't like. I know one shit. Yeah, one I thought you were a pod one, person. What one, the hell, John? First off, you're supposed to be representing this motley crew. So how dare you? And second, why can't you do that here? Because because you, Harlan. Harlan, because you're an attorney and as a former cop, I just have to say you. Get on your job. Cut your hit the beep button. Get your editing done. Put out the podcast. Okay. Depending on you, and if I can't depend on you, I need someone else to depend on, and I can't be Chuck because he's a idiot. He's an engineer, but I want to fuck him. This is just long. You're nice, and I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that thirty-second break. I love you. Oh shit. Ladies so, and gentlemen, uh, when this podcast a, finally gets posted like in 2025, you would know a nice good time to go take a leak. So this is why this it takes so long. This podcast is get po- posted in like 20, about 68, when like all the other native languages have died and nobody can understand what I'm saying. There'll be a whole religion built around this podcast one day, John. He does it just to keep the trope going. <laughs> yeah, That's all it is. Ron Hubbard, and he sucked at writing. I mean, we can make a religion. I, I feel like he did. Hey, my ego is big enough. We can definitely do it. <laughs> See, 
what they did is they, they put these compact discs in this top hat. And then nobody was allowed to see them except for the guy with the only compact disc player left on the planet. And he's going to get this? This is what he's going to get? His name is John. Yeah, it's like beggars can't be choosers. Joel. Joseph Smith got what he got, too. Oh, Jesus. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. It's about that time, gentlemen. I think so. I think we crossed the line about uh, half an hour ago. So, anything else happening in masonry this week besides, uh, yes. you know, me trying oh, to plan actually, this? Actually, I actually have a couple things to say that I forgot completely about. You know, it's only been an hour and two something, an hour and 40 minutes. But go ahead, Jamie. If anybody's still listening, Jamie's got some announcements. No, 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 no. I can save it till next week. I can save it next week. No, no, no. The Canadian, you're the most (laughs) well-known person. So here's the thing. A few years ago, probably I think it would have been 2017 or so, you guys had to do a graveside memorial. Am I correct? Yes, we, we did um, in a borderline clandestine manner, but yes. I think we have to do one here. This, uh, a gentleman passed away here. His, uh, he was a mason for over 40 years, and he was a funeral director here. And unfortunately, due to COVID, we couldn't do anything for him. So I want to do a great uh, – we're trying to get together a graveside service once he's entombed. Yeah, so we've got, we've got one of those we got to do too. Uh, not oh, in yeah? a clandestine manner, but, yeah, it was yeah. – you know, we couldn't go to the funeral, so we told the family that we, – We did one last summer uh, for actually a really, a really good friend of mine who, who passed away last summer um, or spring, summer. Um, we did everything um, with COVID. We did everything um, graveside. So, yeah, and I think we're going to, and I have Monday, I'm actually going, I mean, it's not, not nice to talk about funerals, but I'm finally Monday being able to go and, and, and give a, you know, we're able to give a brother a proper send off, which is nice. Yeah. No, not, not to bring down a Masonic bummer thing, but it's nice to be able to do things properly. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's nice to feel like we're actually doing things that we are that we're here to do. Um, I don't see that as a bummer at all. No, it, it's, it's not. I mean, it, it sucks when you, you know, when you, you know, you, you know, the guy and you care about him, um, but. Although, but you know, when you take into account uh, our rituals and, and things like that, it, it it's it is what it is. But uh, I mean, Masonic last rites are are a privilege of their own, both for yeah, like, the I mean, brother I just, and for the departed. It, it's uh, yeah. I I have I actually have that written in my will that I am, you know, whether my kids or if I ever have another wife or whatever. I, I, it's in my will. I'm getting my last rights. So, Chuck, a um, bit of free legal advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't want that in your will. <laughs> so, you may yeah, want to write that. My will is done by a mason around here. Well, you, you want that in a letter somewhere, like that you give to somebody. Because your will, nobody, nobody really looks at your will until you're in the ground and it's at the courthouse and they're, Divvying up your estate. That's a post facto thing. It's set up so that, however, it was set up, it was set up so that I will get my service no matter what. Yeah, so it might not. So you had a a lawyer prepare this for you. Yes. Okay, so he probably did some other things then. Is there what I paid him for? I should hope so. Yeah, I get, well, I get people that call me to, to help with their estate planning and then they've 
They're like, I want this in my will, and so I'm I'm used to doing that whole no, you you don't. <laughs> you want this in something somebody looks at, you know, before your will. He just yeah, nodded and step, smiled step and said, step process. He he nodded and smiled as he was he's a mason. He's like, Yeah, it's taken care of, don't worry. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, well this, and like I say, this guy's been this guy with his, he's owned a funeral home here. He's he's done. He's been presided over the last rites of so many masons. I, I feel like it's you know I've known him for years, and I feel like it's something that we got to do. So we're going to put it together, hopefully. Yeah, but I don't know if we one. I don't know if we have an actual graveside ritual in ours. We're, we're Preston Webb, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, so if you're doing Preston Webb, because that's what we do. The actual here. the actual funeral ritual is the graveside ritual, and then the one that we do, we've adapted to do in the funeral home. Like okay. the, the, we have our little black books here is, you know, they're little things, but if you look, if you just go to the funeral ritual, like the default thing you're looking at is the graveside ritual. That is okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the whole thing with the, with the laying, laying of dust and, and the, the shedding of the acacia and all, all of those things that, that was always meant to be done at the graveside. Yeah, I mean, here we actually have like a ritual that says, "This is for the gravesite. This is for the funeral home because you're not throwing dust at a funeral home. You get mad about that, but you can do the acacia. And likewise, there's also like two versions of each because, um, and as it's written in our at least where I am." You have a, a, ver- a longer version and a truncated version. And the truncated version is what we typically do because uh, it is encouraged to not memorize the ritual, but to read it and do truncated versions because if the guys doing it are going to have, as I said, if you're going to have issues doing it due to the situation, to do it as quick as you can to not make a scene. Oh. So I I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the, the ritual that we have. I mean, it when we have pretty good turnout here most of the time for our for a funeral in, in the area. And and you know, if if I was the the family member of that Mason that's passed away, it's nice to see all the people show up for him. Do you know what I mean? Like to, uh, to show that he was part of something that people actually gave a crap about him. That he you know what I mean? Like it, it means a lot. I before so, COVID, um, a friend of uh, uh, a friend of mine died from masonry, who was uh, really influential in, in masonry around where I am, and uh, I did honor guard for, as commandery for his, uh, you know, a couple times. You know, we had minutes back and forth for his casket. Um, I think we had three hundred brothers for his funeral. Um, but wow. But when you, you know, thing is, there technically, at least up in the, you know, you, you have, you know, the lodge funeral service, and then there's also a, you know, the commandery does something, and then Scottish Rite does something as well, and we did all three. Wow. And so you know, we were doing commanders doing honor guard for him, and uh, he got. The lodge one, and then he got the the, the Scottish right one as well. So, well, that's we've done that here in Minnesota. Is the guy who founded the Commandery Honor Guard 
is we've, we've presided over uh, the Masonic Memorial Service as an honor guard. We've done, we haven't done the full, like the full form uh, Templar uh, Memorial and Graveside Service because that's pretty involved and nobody's requested that stuff uh, thus far. But mm -hmm. like Chuck said, uh, there is a uh, Order Rose Croix uh, Scottish Rite uh, Memorial Service, which is apparently the most amazing out of all the Masonic memorial services that are available. Um, and I, I only mention that because that's something I would mention to you is you need to, was the brother a member of dependent bodies in addition to being a member of uh, Blue or Red Lodge Masonry? Not 100% sure. That I'll have to check into. There, yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, of, I mean, for, so for here, his his um his wife and his kids requested it, so that was why. Yeah, and I have a letter on like like Chuck said, I have a letter on file when I pass that it's going to be a commander service for the same reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's something you want to look into because there may be uh, some other uh, bodies that want to come out and be able to give their uh, respective. Uh, admirations and respect to the departed brethren. Yeah, I mean the we have the uh, the, the shrines uh, bagpipers around here. If you're outside, we'll do a. Um, if it's graveside, we'll do the uh, the final bagpipes. Yeah, because nobody wants to hear a bagpipe indoors, especially not twelve. They are loud, especially not twelve of them. Oof. So. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we just uh, took that down a notch. I think it's about and uh, hit, it's hitting On that my note. <laughs> and uh, Arlen, ah, ah, damn mute button. This has been episode one hundred two hundred seventy one of the After Lodge podcast. You can find the show notes for this or uh, eventually published episodes at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook, well, some of us, or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. You can hang out with me on IRC at irc.snoonet.org, pound for masonry. You can catch the king of no pants and uh, After Lodge jackass or whatever his handle is on, uh, on the Reddits. <laughs> Is it John? Uh, okay. And uh, if you want to talk to Bruce, well, you just got to come find us in the wilderness. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you need to buy postage at a U.S. post type place. Honestly, that's the easiest way. Send me a letter. Yeah. <laughs> just, just address it to unknown podcast host. Send it certified. <laughs> It'll end up in Bruce's car. Just uh, Bruce. Just get it in this end of town. It'll 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 get to me. Just unnamed podcast. They, they all know me. It's okay. All right. Well, until next week, brothers. Maybe we'll see you then. Be what? Later. Slow